Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Jokes with Mark Simmons, the podcast where I chat to another comedian about jokes they can't get to work. Uh, we're back. We're back. I'm back. Joel's not here. Of course Joel's not here. Joel is temporarily still out of action. He's AWOL. He's away without leave. Um, so I have taken on full podcast responsibilities. I am editing. I am doing uploading. I am doing other, all, the, all the things. All the all the producer things. Um, hope it turns out okay. Let me know if I've done anything silly and you notice it. Um, we've got a cracking episode this week. I've got a fantastic guest. It's uh, Mr. Steve Gribbin. He's a very experienced comedian. Really enjoyed chatting to him. All things comedy and jokes, um, which you will get to listen to very, very shortly. But before that, I want to let you all know I'm going on tour. My Quip Off The Mark tour uh, from September onwards. Uh, I'm coming to Barton-on-Humber, Leeds, Chorley, Bristol, Banbury, Chelmsford, Brighton, Oxford, Burnham-on-Sea, Bridport, Sale, Maidstone, Cambridge, Birmingham, Guildford, London, Derby, Leicester, Carlisle, Liverpool and Cardiff. So if that tickles your fancy and you live near any of those places, check out my uh, my tickets at marksimmons.co.uk. Um but we should get cracking. Um, with so I I don't know how to I don't know how to do the sound little sound what do you call it bite things yeah I I, I haven't I don't know how to do that yet but I've, I've I thought of an idea of how to kind of how to do it and um, I I don't I don't think you guys will notice I hope so uh, let's get cracking here's. Steve Cribbin. Down, 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 down. Down, down. Down, 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 down. Down, down. Down, down. So your notes, let's, let's go with your notes. What okay. you down? No, you're you sort of asking for jokes that um, yeah. I tried and didn't do. Um, I, I think it's interesting, especially with topical stuff, that it goes in and out of the meaning changes along with people's perception of you know of events change the meaning so i'll give you an example um i used to do a joke it's something sometimes you know because i i I don't say i do my jokes are in bad taste but if they make me laugh then you know i'll do them yeah but i had a joke about uh, when the emperor of uh, japan visited um britain um 
oh, it's a few years ago now, it must be about 15 years ago, and all the veterans of World War Two, as he was going down the mall, they all turned their backs on him. Ah, uh, where was this? Uh, oh, God, it must have been in 2000 or something. Right. And um, as he... Um, as he came down the mall, they all started whistling. You know, do you know uh, Bridge Over the River Kwai, mm. the film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a thing that they they do that thing which is called Colonel Bogey, and they go, um, I can't remember. It's not. <laughs> That's the Great Escape, isn't it? Uh, I think <laughs> Colonel Bogey's. Oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's a it's Hitler a thing. Had one ball. It's um it's associated with the Second World War, and they they all whistled at him as to, as a as a sign of their disrespect. Right. And my, my joke was, well, if they really wanted to annoy the Japanese emperor, what they should have whistled was. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what? I did it, and it's one of those things we're talking about, and it never went. Rich Hall said, oh, that's a great gag. But whenever I did it, people sort of go, yeah, no. Wow. Because of the Hiroshima thing, you know. Yeah. I mean? But I'm not having a... Well, I am. I am. And I, and, and I <laughs> thought to myself, yeah, it's too glib, you know. And then I'll do other jokes which, you know, are on the same sort of theme. And they'll go, well... And I thought... But also I felt uncomfortable with myself, so we just stopped but doing it. As a joke, it's very satisfying because it's... You're not spoon feeding, you, but the audience are having to do a bit of work. It's creative yeah. in the whistling, like yeah. it's a it's a nice bit. But yeah, I mean, especially now, it probably it wouldn't it wouldn't go well. I mean, I have to think. Joke. Yeah, I mean, so young people maybe they wouldn't even know what you're what you're even doing. God, yeah, I, so know. No, I don't know. That's true. Did you actually get people you could tell that they disapproving or they just weren't laughing? Uh, both, both, I think um, that they were. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Some people might have just been sat there going, "Why, why is he whistling?" <laughs> going? It's like like a, like a Swanee River whistle. What's he doing that for? So was that something that when you were watching it, that just sparked the idea at the time, or were you thinking it in retrospect? In retrospect, um, although I did watch it in live time as he was driving down the mall and I heard them whistling the tune, I thought, wow, wow. that... I, yeah. A, I thought that was a very creative way of showing you disrespect. Yeah. I mean, but also not that, only turning that their shows organisation. Because like, they didn't have... They probably, they probably didn't have uh, online forums then. How, do they, how did they all come together and go... I don't know. <laughs> Telepathy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what's an interesting... I mean, you, you might have found this, but Edinburgh is a different beast, isn't it, as, as far as comedy goes. Mm. So sometimes... And I, We've all had those bits where we'll do a bit in the Edinburgh show. And you think, oh, this is great, this is. Yes. I'm going to try this in the, you know, in a, in a club. And then, of course, it never works. No, no, no. And because the dynamic is all... <laughs> uh, people in Edinburgh will allow you a bit more leisure, won't they? The, yeah, I think so. And I think if they're interested in what you're talking about, they're yeah. invested, aren't they? Whereas if if you're on a big night out, they don't want a history lesson, do they? They no. just want straight to the punchlines. Well, I had this bit, and it was um, uh, the Prime Minister of India said that he wanted, um, this is actually true, um, said that he wanted a Hindu bomb. And I thought, oh, God, what, a, what an appalling thing to say. But also at the same time, I thought, well, you know, what does it, what does a Hindu bomb, you know, um, kills all the people but leaves the cows intact, right? <laughs> that was the line. It used to get a laugh, but in Edinburgh, I had a whole bit. Yes. Like, well, how about having a Roman Catholic bomb, you know, which is, you know, doesn't kill any of the people, allows the population to keep exploring, you know, all this sort of thing. And I had a, uh, there's a Judaism, right. Judaism bomb, kills all the people except your mother. <laughs> and they all used to go, but, um, when it came to do it in the clubs, only that first one, they said, right, we've got the concept now. 
Yeah. Uh, yep. Not interested yep. in anything joke, else. Mate. Yep. And we're right. whereas in an Edinburgh show, the more I kept adding to it. I was and like, did it keep gaining steam? Yeah, I, I keep. I added. Um, what was the other one I did? Uh, <laughs> it's an inter- intelligent bit, there, isn't it? So maybe it yeah. was just too much for the drunk. Yeah. Oh yeah, the the Islamic bomb kills everybody, but leaves their beards intact. And I went, see also Russian Orthodox Church. I mean, and it was Jehovah's Witness bomb because I've got two cousins who are Jehovah's Witnesses. It says doesn't kill anyone except those who need a blood transfusion. Right. <laughs> Which uh, because he, um, my cousin actually nearly let his son die because he wouldn't let him have a blood transfusion. Really? It's only the fact that his family persuaded him to change his mind. Yeah. They're crazy. It's bloody hell. <laughs> Literally cra- bloody hell. Yeah, uh, bloody hell. I mean, it's yeah. what a strange thing. So there's that, you know, um, sometimes, you know, jokes, yeah, as as you say, change their meaning over time and you don't, you can't. Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's a sad, uh, I used to Because like, when did you start comedy? Oh, God. Right. Okay. I started, this is how old I am, I started dabbling in comedy in 1982. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, my first ever gig was at the Tram Shed. I'm writing my autobiography, actually. The Tram Shed? That's yeah. still running now, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it started it's again, been, but it's been closed Andy for Stedman's like... Yeah, just yeah. doing it there. That's right, it? yeah. Oh, um, wow. And, um, yeah, I've started writing my autobiography. I've nearly finished the first draft. It's called Jimmy Tarbuck Ate My Sandwiches. <laughs> Which I did a gig with him. <laughs> was in, he did a podcast uh, with me? Yeah. That was going to stand that, because we won't use that bit. He did eat my sandwiches. Um... And it's about it's about the early days of um, comedy. So I've been doing it a long time. But then I was in a, I was in a double act for twelve years, uh, which yeah, is a different yeah. vibe completely. And mm. um, so we're called Skint Video, and we we got to be, you know, we were on lots of telly. We did Saturday Night Live. Be skin streaming now. Yeah, we we <laughs> we we did an advert, <laughs> which I regret. But there we go. Um, so that I started doing it properly, I think solo is ninety four. So I've been doing it a long time as a solo act as well. So what else have you got down? Um, oh, right, okay. Uh, oh yeah, I'll tell you something. This is, um, you know, I, I do quite a lot of um, songs in the act as well, and I, yeah. I do I do my own songs, but I also do little little tiny little parody things. Then like it's like stings. They're almost like you, they're almost like one liners. Yeah, they are like one liners. Yeah, um, but I did a thing about when Jimmy Savile thing happened. This is this is a, a, a thing about process here, um, and it was you know it's appalling what he did, and then I had a song about um, you know the fact that he was meant to have molested lots of people in the mortuary, and it was uh, he's in the chiller <laughs> to the three two okay. killer right, but to thriller sorry, but when I came to um, I was just mulling around that this awful awful um, uh, guy that's been accused of doing exactly the same. Uh, you probably don't, the guy was an electrician that worked in hospitals and yeah. he's he's like one of the biggest people involved in that sort of thing in British history and I thought oh I could revisit that and then I thought I, I don't want to do it anymore yeah uh, the context has changed and and also it did make me think long and hard you know th- about maybe I was being too glib before but all, also the fact that it's Jimmy Savile mm. and he was and that changed the context of it I don't know, so I didn't. I just left it alone and thought, no, I'm not going to do that because yeah. it's too hurtful. <laughs> but then, you know, it does give you pause for a, thought. Do you think it would have made a difference to the reaction being that if it one was Jamie Savile and the other was the other guy? Yeah. Do you think 
Yeah, I think people. I think people in the audience would have given you a lot of leeway because it's Jimmy Savile, and by that point, you know, more. I mean, it started off with him sexually molesting young kids, then it grew to mm. dead bodies. You know, and, um, it's really weird, by the way, because um, you know, when I was uh, at, at school, people used to make jokes about uh, Jimmy Savile molesting dead bodies. What? Yeah, yeah, in the late seventies, people. Kind of, it was in the air. People would, would make jokes about it. I don't know what, how. That's I mean, so there's weird. a famous one of John Lydon on a television show in 1981, saying that Jimmy Savile is a wrong one. Right. And you can, it's still on YouTube. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's an example of looking at something and going, uh, no, it's um, I can't bring myself to do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> because you've got a lot of topical stuff. Do you find that sometimes, like things come round again? that you'd be like, oh, I could just apply that old idea to this new story. Yes. Yeah, I know. I, I try not to, but then sometimes it's so tempting if you've got something. you know. There's... But then if you've had a topical joke that you've only got, had six months out of before, yeah. then why not try and get another? No, I know, but then you have to change the context. Otherwise, you're going to end up like, uh, you know, what's it? I, mean, I, I love Sean to death, Sean Percival. <laughs> yeah, but that, you this know, joke comes up a lot on yeah. this podcast. Yeah, but it's, it's just, <laughs> fuck, I love it. I love the fact it's like, you know, cinema release, you know, repeat on the telly, DVD, Blu-ray, director's cut. I don't know what it's it is VHS. now. <laughs> MP3. Is that even, MP3, is that yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. TikTok. <laughs> TikTok yeah, now. You probably could make it TikTok. They put longer <laughs> clips up there now. But um, that's a, a, a joke for comedians, really, because we all, um, we know. He's doing it on purpose now, I think. It's yeah, so, so, and, and I love Sean to bits as well. And he, I think he's very funny. Um, <laughs> so I don't, I'm just aware of, I'd, I'd like to try and get new stuff, you know, if I'm doing. Yeah. It's it's very, but with something like the environment, that's an, that's an interesting thing, trying to get jokes that you haven't done before. Mm. You know, um ironically recycling um, but uh, it's it's because it's such a huge subject but then yeah. once you've said oh you know the earth's going to heat up whereas so many angles you can come in at but yeah. there's not that many really still essentially it's the same story same story yeah that hasn't changed for 30 the years the ozone layer wasn't it originally the ozone layer then there's I lots of jokes about hairspray called the captain planet when I was a kid which was in the 90s and that was all about I think that was all about him saving the planet and the ozone layer and there's a hole in the no one ever says about there's a hole in the ozone layer anymore do they what happened no, then what, what's I think going it's on? still there but what's going on what, is that just not, is that just a made up idea <laughs> that, that they knew something they went I oh, we just say there's a hole in the ozone yeah but, but I ne- you don't hear anyone say it now is that because science has got better and we, it's a better I, way of explaining it's it just now sort of, um, we're not talking about it I suppose um, that's interesting because I found that whole um, there's a whole um in the ozone there. Yeah. Uh, there's a hole, yeah. There's a hole in the, there's a hole in the ozone layer. There goes new song, mate. <laughs> but with, uh, you know, <laughs> the COP26 thing. Um, oh, yeah. The, they were talking about, you know. Oh, the, you told me you've got... A, you've got I've a, got some stuff on it, yeah. Mm. I, want, I want to talk about um, Greta Thunberg, because I think she's great. And mm. um, I just, it annoys me when people go... And I think that's a horrible thing because people do obliquely attack her because she's got Asperger's, you know. Right. And uh, my nephew's got Asperger's, and uh, it's—I I don't like that. You know, sometimes people say quite glibly, "Oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a bit autistic, me." 
And I hate, right. I hate that sort of mm. thing. You know, it's, they don't understand what they're talking about. But uh, with Greta, I think, yeah, I, I love that thing about the swearing. You know, she said, I'm not, people got really upset about the swearing. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the, the people on GB News or whatever were going, <laughs> well, you see what kind of person she is. She said the F word. <laughs> you know, they would be, um, imagine that if an asteroid destroyed the Earth and as we were all burned to death, she almost shouted, fuck it. And someone from yeah. GB News would just go, language. Yeah. You know, that, <laughs> it annoys me. It annoys me. Anyway, sorry. That's funny, isn't it? That's another funny angle because you could think of other examples of big, bad things. That, like someone's saying about the Holocaust, but but they but they swore, so we're, yeah. we're not going to do anything about it. Yeah, that's exactly how you know I I, mean? I try and whenever I'm thinking of it, it's interesting. And and um, Sarah Millican told me this as well, uh, and but I was doing it anyway. But we were comparing notes once about how we went about writing mistake. And if I get something um, like the environment and say the environment and Greta Thunberg, then I've got a piece of paper. And down the, the side of it, like that, I put the environment on one side, mm -hmm. and then I'll put teenage things on the other. Uh, put a great. line, yeah. and then I write all the things I can think about to the environment, and then all the things I can think about teenage behaviour, and then I'll cross. Yeah, and it, sometimes it jumps out at you, mm. and then sometimes, and that's exactly what she said she did. And it takes ages yeah. in a way, but it, it's quite. And then sometimes you'll have just a scribble in the margin, and think, oh, that. That'll that'll wait for another day. I know it's it's annoying sometimes because obviously I just seen a <laughs> and I was doing this joke two weeks ago, but you know I said that um, Yorkshire County cricket have, have added a lovely pointy hood to their cricket whites, but then everybody did the same joke. You know you have got to be careful. That's kind of an obvious. And there's a cartoon in Pri Private Eye this week, uh, and I was thinking ah, I can't do that really because um, this is a true story. I once did. Um, I used to write for Weekending on Radio Four. And um, this is way back in the 90s, early noughties. And uh, I just thought, wouldn't it be funny one day? They were doing, they, they were doing like, you know, unlikely things that celebrities would do. So my idea was um, the Reverend Ian Paisley, who was then alive, filling out one of those smash hits type um, questionnaires, you know. Mm. And it was uh, favourite <laughs> uh, Japanese conceptual artist, Yoko Ono. <laughs> Everything ended in, uh, you know, favourite car, Renault. <laughs> uh, favorite um, seasoning oregano like and i did it in um in cork in in uh, that i don't know if you ever did it city lights in cork no no I didn't. um it was a great gig and then this guy, this guy comes up to me and goes uh at the at the end of the gig because you don't think we got radio four in in the republic of ireland do you i went well i think you do don't you he goes i know what you're up to <laughs> what? i said what are you talking about he goes i listened to weekending last night that's not your material. Because I did it on stage because I thought that's an example of, I thought, well, I'll do it. This is quite good. And it went down really well because it was oh, Ireland. So you'd written it. I'd written it. And he, oh, then he chased right. me around the club. That's he chased me around the club going, you thieving bastard. Don't think we don't know what you're up to. Like, <laughs> I wrote it. He goes, no, you didn't. And I couldn't convince it. Well, you know. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, 
Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That's funny. I get that sometimes. Like I've had so many jokes, Nick, and I'll put something up on TikTok and someone will go, this joke's nicked. I've seen a meme with it. And I'm like, yeah, I wrote it five years ago. Wow. And that's been, and that, that happens. Be galling for you, though. Oh, it's so annoying. Because the wow. thing is, those sort of best jokes of the fringe things in Edinburgh are great because they give you a bit of publicity up there. Yeah. But once it's printed, people will just copy and paste it yeah. and stick it as their own. And then one of mine is just crazy amount of times it's been shared. And when I do it, because I, I still do it, I'll figure it's my joke, I'll do it. Uh, but I, I see some people in the audience, you can tell sometimes where they know they've, they've heard it. And they always assume, unless you're a fa- like a proper famous comic, they always assume you've nicked it. Even yeah. though you've been working in the industry for ten years, that I mean, that is awful. The, the people's perception. There's one joke of mine which I did last night, which um, a very, very famous comedian has stolen and used on their video. Yeah. Um, about Boris Johnson uh, being a posh thug, right? You, right. Alfresco yeah. now. Mm. I can't say who it is. Um, and I've been, uh, but I'm still doing it because I, I don't care, and it's my joke. Um, and I've had people coming up to me and going, that's not your joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then you just look bad, don't you? And you go, well, actually, yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> what yeah, can you yeah. do? And then there's the other thing that, like, I did a, I, did, I put up a thing when I was trying some jokes out. And like, whenever I try jokes out, I've got a, a, like a clipboard or something and I just sort mm. of tick and cross as I go. And I put a bit, a clip up from that with a new bit. And uh, someone put, you stole Jim Owen's fit bit. And I was like, Jim Owen doesn't do anything like what I do. He doesn't do one-liners. And then it, we, they then went, you know, with the, the, with the, with the notepad and the ticking and the crossing, I was like, "No, no, no, oh, that's not God. Jim Owen's bit. That's what everyone does when they try stuff." But they've obviously just seen a YouTube clip where Jim Owen's done it, mm-hmm. and they and they've gone, "God, that's a good bit, isn't it?" Doing the doing that's the very interesting. Well, Jimmy Carr, I mean, there's the first person I ever saw doing that. Yeah, he, he did that in his act. There. He's yeah. regular act, and it's, yeah. uh, but I thought it was a brilliant device because what he used to do, was, I thought, it was very clever. Was <laughs> He sometimes he would do new jokes, but he'd often do jokes that were tried and tested because yep. as soon as you see that clipboard and the, him hovering with the pen, the audience sort of go, "Oh, give this a bit more leeway." Yeah, yeah. And yeah. consequently, it just go boom. But I'll do know. that on a with new material. If if I say I do three in a row and they haven't hit, I'm yeah. like, okay, I need to do a good one now mm. just to get them back. So they'll think that it's a new one, but it's not. Ah, that's a good idea. But yeah, yeah it's just you know. Uh, this is interesting talking about because I I think this is, you know, I was talking about the old, um, the comedy that was prevalent when I started on in mainstream, but also the sacrosanct thing was you you wrote your own material that mm. was the thing that we didn't you know th- there's no negotiation about that and I was on in um, 
in Liverpool, actually, at the Royal Court last Saturday, and there was a and a comedian on with me um, who was slightly older than me, but from a different circuit. And he kept saying to me in the dressing room, he goes, you can have that one. Yeah. And I said, I, I said, I don't want. Yeah. I, I actually said to him, I don't do other people's jokes. And they, do you know what he said? He went, well, I think you're fucking mad. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's just bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, it's completely different. And uh, there was a famous one, uh, it's Scottish television, and I can't remember who did it. Um, uh, Parrot, oh, you probably don't remember him, but he was he was like the um, one of the exec producers on it. And there was a, a comedian just um, on the floor doing um, a test, just telling loads of jokes. Mm. And um, he came down from the gantry and said, um, you, they're not your jokes. And apparently this comedian said, their jokes are just like floating in the air and you just pluck them out of the earth. And Parrot said, no, they're not. You have to sit down and actually write to them, write them and think of them yourself. And and it was like talking to a, yeah. a you know, a piece of shelving. He didn't, he absolutely was not within his worldview. He thought that everybody shared jokes. Yeah. Weird, isn't it? It's so weird. But, but for me, what's, there's no, there's no satisfaction with that, because because if that's the case, anyone could be a comedian, more or less, as long as you've got a knack of saying them. Yeah. So what? Where's the satisfaction if you're not doing it? I don't understand it. They don't even, you know, the the old school. I'm talking, God, you know, they don't even. It doesn't even cross their consciousness that they should sit down and write their own jokes. Mm. And in the odd occasion that they do, and then they do it, all the other comedians was like, you know, sharks round, uh, uh, you know, someone blood in the water. They go, and they yeah. have that joke. That then that yeah. becomes a yeah. a joke that everyone has. Well, you know? I, like I'm friends with a, a comedian. He lives near me called uh, El Baldinio. Do you know El Baldinio? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. So he we he lives in Canterbury, and we meet up. And when he started, he he was of the like more of the. He did a few bits that were sort of magician bits, mm. and then I used to talk to him about it and say, "Well, if you want to sort of do the clubs and the circuit, you're going to, have to write like you know, it's going to have to be all your own stuff." And he mm. just really worked hard and, great, and so built like his really own funny. all yeah. his own stuff. And he, he he's such a good writer now; he's really good. Um, but now he then worries when he's on a bill with magicians yeah. that they yeah. they and they wouldn't even ah, oh, they just they, they just think, "Yeah, oh, that's a good one." Well, he must have got that from somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Because it's a different, completely different circuit. Completely different mindset. But he worked so hard to to come out of that and into what we do. Um, it's a, Les Dennis once told me uh, that um, he was doing pantomime. This is many years ago, maybe 30 years ago. Again, it's all those sorts of comedians. And um, he he turned up and he, he said... Um, so it wasn't panto. He was he was in panto, but they were doing like a gala evening of all everyone in it. And uh, he said to the comedian before him, "Have you done the joke about the nuns?" <laughs> and he went, "No." He goes, "Okay, I'll have that." That's how they used to speak. They had a set amount of jokes, but I mean, when he, I mean, prodigious feat of memory, I suppose, on their part. Mm. But there was maybe a set of six hundred jokes, and they all drank from the same pool. I love that. There's a very famous. Do you know Owen O'Neill, the redhead guy no. that's um, the Northern Irish comic who's behind, um, did all those plays with the Comedians Theatre, you know, like um, 12 Angry Men and um, oh, okay. Shawshank Redemption. And do you know, they all went to the West End. They did it in oh, Edinburgh. Right. But he's like the guy that wrote, readapted them for the stage and everything. Mm. He's, he's brilliant. But um, there's a great bit in the old comedy store where I was sitting in the dressing room and someone came up to me and said, 
he said, uh, uh, what are you doing about Salman Rushdie? He goes, what can I do? I'm only one person. I, I can't affect government policy. <laughs> but they meant, <laughs> you know, what have you got? That's hilarious. I know, it's brilliant. But that just shows you how comedians think, you know. Uh, it's funny. It actually happens. Oh, God. That's great. <laughs> so have you got any other bits down on your bit of paper? Uh, I don't know. Have I, have I run out of? Because uh, my mic has been working for the last thirty-five minutes properly. So, and that's been some great stuff. So, well, there's only one one other thing, which is it's a throwaway bit, and it's um, sometimes when you'll do a bit that you you don't know, you don't mean it to be taken a certain way, and then some people get really annoyed. And um, I used to do this whole thing because where I was brought up in Liverpool, it's on the seashore, so. Mm. Um, it's called Waterloo, but it goes into Crosby, which is just... It's called Crosby Beach. And they've got all the Iron Men there. So I used to have a joke about the Iron Men. And they it's Anthony Gormley sculpture, another place. And they're all um, facing out to sea in the same direction. But I used to have a joke that said, uh, it doesn't mean much to us, but it's absolutely freaking out the Welsh. <laughs> because you can see our shoreline. And I used to have a thing, and they're, they're stood over there now in their cagoules, going, uh, to, you know, a Bronwyn. Staring at me, and they too can play at that game, and, I, and it's, it's 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 a physical thing, really. Yeah, yeah. But then somebody came up to me after a gig, and uh, was going, "You, you that's, that's racist against the Welsh," and I, I've said, "Well, it, it's not really," but then it kind of put the seed in my mind, and, and I stopped doing it. I don't do it anymore, um, even though it? I don't really agree. Well, I'm just saying that the Welsh are a bit weird. I suppose it's not even that, is it? It's just I don't think it just is. a silly idea of them it's getting wound them. up. Yeah, yeah. Who would get wound up at the fact that statues looking at you? you know? But um, he chased me around the uh, the venue, threatening to kill me. So <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was very angry. Yeah, yeah. It was somewhere. What was it? Where you, you said you other, yesterday you said you got barricaded into a. Thing. Oh, that was in there. Uh, that was Glasgow. I mean, how many times has this happened? Oh, loads. <laughs> Well, if you're doing topical <laughs> political stuff, sometimes you touch your nerves. Yes, you know? and you rub people up the wrong way with and, it. Yeah. And what it was in Glasgow, it was many moons ago, but um, it was the Gulf War was raging and I was doing loads of stuff. And at no point did I have a go at... Because um, I often feel sorry for the people that are serving in the army. My, my nephew was in the army. Mm. And, uh, I, you know, my view is that uh, you know, being sent over to, um, you know, basically take part in um, wars which are declared by other people who never have to fight them. But um, yeah. but that wasn't the point. Of, uh, there was an American in the audience and he said, um, you know, you, sir, have no respect for the dead, which is a, quite a devastating yeah, echo, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> and I, I, this is a really weird one. And sometimes you think of the, on the spare of the moment and I said, you, you have no respect for the living which is not funny in itself, but it was mm. actually, you know, but it, it, he went mad. Really? You know, yeah, he was trying to get at me. And then, but what happened was, there was a woman in the audience said, my son's over there at the moment. You know, how dare you? And then people started shouting and then it grew and a certain yeah. amount of people were very angry. Turned out, by the way, that she was drunk out of her head. Her son was in the army, but had left, didn't serve in the Gulf and had left the army. <laughs> But uh, what happened was they got to such a pitch that it was like half and half, half with mm. me, half against me. And then some woman tried to, um, She, as I was leaving the stage, she came straight towards me. And it, was, it was like one of those things like, ah. <laughs> and her fist was about that much away from oh, my wow. face. And the bouncer stopped their fist. I bet you and, wish uh, it hit you. You'd be as famous as Jim Jeffries I now. I would be, yeah. <laughs> um, I did shit myself. And I had to stay in the dressing room because people were going mad. 
Um, and then Michael Legg went on stage. He's a very, very good friend of mine, Mike. Mm. And um, he made a speech, and uh, in which he quoted, you know, Voltaire and all the rest of it. it was quite, <laughs> yeah, the, I've since spoken to him about it. I thought, what shit can I say to save you? You know, yeah. Uh, and about free speech and blah blah blah. And, mm. and then he got all the Glaswegians were cheering. And, uh, but then when we came out afterwards, it's this is all in the book. Um, it, it transpired that. The people that were really angry and shouted wanted to kill me were in a minority. And loads of people came up to me and buying yeah. me and Michael drinks. All this in the days when I used to drink whiskey. Mm. I ended up getting absolutely <laughs> plastered. Three squaddies came up who were serving in Iraq, said, you know, brilliant, mm. we really enjoyed it. Here, have some whiskey. <laughs> the next thing it was like, ah, it's an amazing night. But yeah. There was what got me as I was trapped in the dressing room and there was a bouncer there and I said, Is there, is there any other way out? Can I get around the back? He went, no, <laughs> but you know what bounce is like? It's you'll have to go out the front. And he was just had this big smile on his face. He thought this will be fun to watch. What was weird? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. As well, the American uh, came up to me afterwards, mm. right, and and wanted to have a bit of afters. Mm. And the squaddies just told him to fuck off, which was oh, really? quite good to watch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that gave me a bit of satisfaction. I, I don't mind a bit of... Um, yeah, you know, I haven't seen many just... things where it's gone a bit sort of tense. I've seen like, I seen one where one comic had a like a set to with a like a woman in the crowd, and mm. which would have been fine. And she left, but what we didn't realize she was with a massive group. So literally half the audience left, Ooh. and it was this really weird. What what happened after was just a really weird atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. I've seen that um, people. Uh... I mean, the people that were left were like on side. Yeah. Because that woman had been an yeah. idiot. I know. But but it was still only half a git room and it's like a big room. Wow. Uh, this, this is a true story. It actually happened to me. It was a Glastonbury Festival uh, in the 90s sometime and I was on stage and my partner in Skint Video, he said the line, there was a guy um, tripping off his face 
but he was dressed from head to foot as a proper um, Jesus, you know, with the long flowing robes. Mm. He he looked like a statue, and he had the hair and everything. And uh, Brian, Brian, my partner, said, "Where the fuck have you been? You're two thousand years too late, or something like that." And um, he got on stage and um, punched Brian in the face. What? So he sort of like felt like, yeah, Jesus. And then he proceeded to strangle me. And um, I started to black out. This is in the book as well. And I thought, well, this is a good way to go. Strangled to death by, by Jesus. Jesus. The irony of a, a previously devout Catholic. In the end, because the, there were no bouncers at Glastonbury, are there? There are no... No, no. Um, in the end, the sound uh, technician and his two mates had to jump on Jesus and beat him up. <laughs> it's just one of those... <laughs> It was bizarre. And That's then he hilarious. just, after he'd been punched, he just got up and sort of like <clears throat> ruffled his rolls. Meanwhile, I was like, <clears throat> and then climbed down from the stage and just walked off and everyone cheered. It was one of the most bizarre things that's ever happened to me. Sounds like he was cross. Hey. Down, down, down now, Steve Gribbin! Hashtag Wooga to Steve Gribbin. Great stuff. Lovely, lovely stuff. Any feedback? Let us know. At Jokes with Mark across all social media. Um, if you enjoy the episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Give us a five star rating. That is lovely. Um, and if. Uh, if you want more content, if you want to listen to the rest of the interview, head over to patreon.com forward slash jokes with Mark. Uh, you can sign up to Patreon for as little as £3 a month. What's that? Price of a coffee. Get over there. Check that out. Um, anything more from you, Joel? Nothing more from me, Joel. Hashtag a booger, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>